This is the Beachy Books Podcast. I'm Philip Bell, a published author and a writer. I run a little publishing company called Beachy Books, based on the Isle of Wight. And these are my beachy rambles. still got a scarf on but weather's getting warmer spring is is so close now daffodils are starting to blossom you know we've seen the snowdrops crocuses can hear the birds you know thinking about reproducing and making nests and things like that moving life on it's wonderful yes i haven't done one of these for a bit in fact i haven't even i've recorded lots but as usual i haven't got around to releasing them which is rubbish of me but as only me and there's only so much I can do. So, yeah, probably just a little short ramble about, um, I suppose, uh, well, it might be a little bit of a random ramble today, so I might do multiple subjects, but uh, I've been reading this book about, um, well, just, it's little snippets of sort of literary gossip and info. Um, and it's it's just got me thinking, just also stuff I read about writers and especially in the past about how they just didn't have success within their time. <laughs> and I think a lot of writers even now, well, we're never going to know really, are we? Whether we're, you know, his, only history, time will tell whether people will look at a book that's already been published in one decade, century or whenever and, and, and uh, assess it and you know, review it, are already starting to do it with authors like, say, J.G. Ballard, who I think he had success in his time in the 70s, was popular, but sort of fell out of favour, um, was always there, but, you know, say his books are being turned into films now, like I saw High Rise the other day, and it was okay, it was, I wouldn't say it was sort of, certainly didn't enjoy it as much as the book, but it was one interpretation of it. Um, so... Yeah, and just this whole thing about, you know, just a little story about, like, Herman Melville's Moby Dick was just really slated when it was first released. Um, hardly sold any copies and didn't really do very well in his lifetime. He couldn't make a living as a writer. Um, loads of... It, it, well, basically, as usual, something racy and not necessarily great, you know, badly written... Um, sold well within its time but perhaps that those sort of books have been forgotten like who's really going to remember all the countless crime novels and thrillers that are written who really is no one they're just going to just disappear obviously they're alive forever on the internet you know you could always sort of google them i'm guessing if there's always a system like that but who's really going to you know only the sort of literary greats are going to make it i guess or 
or ones that just had such a cultural phenomenon like Harry Potter or um, the Hunger Games, or I don't know, whatever. So yeah, it's just rather, again, it just goes back to, I suppose, why I write. What am I trying to do? Am I trying to leave a legacy? I mean, hardly. I better get on with it then, because time's ticking. And it seems that it really helps to have written a book 20, 30 years ago to start really making some good royalties on it now. And I've blown it. <laughs> but who cares? You know, I, I am where I am. I can't do anything about it. Um, I mean, I was thinking another author that... Um, Edgar Allan Poe, yes, he was obviously successful within his lifetime, but it did, again, take a heck of a long time. And again, he was so sort of far forward in his thinking that people often didn't necessarily want to publish him, or the market wasn't right. That's the other thing. That is that is what we have now. I just read a story the other day of an author, a modern author, pub, who I think he wrote a picture book text, and he got it published 10 to 20 years later. You know, still still had it there. He changed agent, and the agent said, oh, do you want to, you know, what have you got in your bottom drawer? Anything interesting? Let's give it another go. And lo and behold... Someone liked it, bomb, going to get it published. It's, you know, you hear every writer's probably got a story like that. Neil Gaiman said about, I think, Coraline, that story. I don't think the market was just ready for it. They, it was all a bit too freaky. But now, oh, they love all that kind of stuff. You know, so he, he couldn't get it published when he first did it. That's what I'm worried about with my bloody novel. Is it... It's set within the 90s... You know, we're, we're still stuck in the 80s, or clearly, politically and socially at the moment. And I know we've had some little sort of bits of 90s revival TV. Unfortunately, the 90s is almost like a sort of sandwich between a shitload that happened in the 80s and obviously the real sort of changes in the noughties. So, and obviously a lot happened in it, but it was a bit of a strange little decade. Um, and I've got a feeling, poor us poor Generation Xers, which I am, have kind of sort of been left out. We've got the baby, I'm sat, we're sandwiched between the baby boomers that had it all and have it and still have it all, it seems. People like Donald Trump and um, the millennials who, they've got a completely different mindset. Obviously, I am doing a sweeping generalisation there. Not everybody is the same, but uh, in general... So, yeah, it's, it's an interesting thing. I've just been thinking about how sad it is when you read about these authors. They never knew, loads of them, and loads of artists. They never knew how um, people would really come to critically appraise their work and love it. Or, or even the public as well would love it, but they hated it to begin with. Oh... You know, it, it, it just shows you that obviously lots of books don't get published because they're badly written or the ideas just, it's just not a sellable idea. But what it means is it's not a sellable idea within that time because fashions change, um, styles change. Um, like in poetry, Walt Whitman, you know, uh, basically came up with, you know, invented free verse, you know, throwing away the rule book. Emily Dickinson, I think it is. She did oh, beautiful poems that are just adored and um, they are so beautiful now. She hardly was known in her time. Wrote, I don't know, I think about 1,800 poems and loads of them. I think partly it's 
they're not published within their time, but even if they are, they don't do very well, they're not noticed. And sometimes only time and someone influential who publishes them makes them become more prominent and known and wider known. I suppose, I'm out of breath here, walking a bit fast. Um, I'm going to go up a hill soon, so it's going to be even more out of breath. But basically just that whole feeling of, if you're writing something, you feel like there's not other things in the bookshop at the time. It's very disheartening because nowadays no writer can not have any idea about the thoughts of getting published if they are if that's what their aspiration is so that clouds your vision um, it must be deeply depressing to pretty much put your life into something and it not be appreciated um, yes Christ yeah I'm depressing myself again these I'm trying to think of some sort of upbeat ending to this, other than it is what it is. <laughs> Someone said to me the other day, it is what it is. It's, you cannot alter it. You can't, you can't, and, and obviously you're just one person in the world. So if you do publish something, it's just a, a combination of the story, the time, definitely the decade, and you know, the, the time that you publish it. What's the market like? What's the, the general attitude? I mean... I think a lot of writers are thinking now, okay, whoa, here we go. We've got Donald Trump in, we've got the Brexit, we've got this, we've got that. Even, I think, if you're on the right, what, where do you go now with a book? What are people interested in? More of that? Utopias? Dystopias? You know, um, satire? Obviously, if you write to the market thinking that's the way to get published, it's probably not going to work for you only do what you can do <coughs> but it is deeply unfair I suppose to think oh god it could be brilliant but the people of the time don't get it <laughs> or maybe just a small handful of people do I think nowadays people are used to well because it seems like everything's been done everything's been thought of everything's been invented of course it hasn't there's a there's infinite things, I guess, to still discover and think of. But I suppose now we've had these kind of ages of thinking and thought and we, we've gone through romanticism and, you know, the enlightenment. We've, we, we're obviously, we're obviously going to hit new ages and geologically speaking, but I was thinking more socially. You know, we've we've pretty much surpassed. We you know we've moved on from the information age. What what is next? The imagination age, apparently. Obviously, all technology led. But that, that's you know what I mean is there's always going to be something new. But I suppose what's good now is if you come up with a thought or an idea, no one's really probably going to think it's that shocking anymore. But of course, if you do tackle something that hits on a sort of social, you know, norm. And, and flips it or challenges something politically correct possibly that's obviously when you're going to get some headlines so you know there's recently been a book I think pulled I can't remember what it's called by some big publisher because the author has voiced some opinions on relationships between children and adults you know obviously you know real sensitive stuff and I think the publisher just doesn't want to go there <laughs> 
I guess for obvious reasons. Um, I'm sure Lolita had pro- it did have problems with publication. So loads, I think that's the thing. Lots of stories were published in other countries because it wasn't allowed in a certain country. Anyway, yeah, I'm, I'm coming to the end of my ramble really because I can't really think of a sort of a good conclusion to this. But other than um, it just made me think about things, it made me think it's sad. And I suppose that reflecting on my own reasons for writing, I'd like to be, I'd like to have done something within my lifetime. Unfortunately, I am, you know, I'm, I'm getting on in age. If I'm lucky, and I have a nice, healthy, longish life, I suppose I've still got a chance of getting some stuff out there but I'm just oh yeah that was what I was going to talk about the fact that now it uh, yeah when I was reading about these anecdotes like Herman Melville you know um, Edgar Allan Poe and loads of authors that just haven't had maybe the success within their lifetime I think nowadays there's probably more chance of it well I suppose ultimately because there's so many people at it there's more chance of not really being known but there's still a there's still a good hope of making a good living out of it um a workable living, not being a millionaire, but a workable living out of writing, if you're lucky um, and you work hard. But nowadays, I suppose this sort of, because trends can um, be born and die within pretty much a day or two on, on social media, and certainly word of mouth has been helped by that. Something like, I mean, I know Harry Potter still took some time, but within her lifetime well within her working lifetime jk rowling is has made it big time and has really truly gone down in history and she is a pretty much one off <laughs> so it's tricky to sort of compare it but what i mean is it is possible these days to really become you know for, for to become popular within your time lots of other authors do something that you write can sort of um, be taken up by the public pretty quickly nowadays. You can buy a book in a couple of seconds online and read it digitally. Um, literacy is, is, is on the rise. Yes, I know there's still problems in schools, various places, but generally, you know, people can read now. <laughs> or have better understanding, better vocabulary of books. You know, even there's more films, so films are pretty much adapted from books. So it's positive. That's my positive ending in that even though you can still probably write something where the market just doesn't think it's fashionable, these days fashions change extraordinarily quickly. I wouldn't be surprised if fantasy's all going to be back again soon. I mean, it seems to be dystopia you know, um, alternative realities, uh, they're, they're fashionable at the moment and probably will probably continue to be. I'm just traversing extraordinarily muddy patch. Um, so yeah, but maybe, I mean, I know Harry Potter sort of clone type books just, were just getting rejected left, right and centre in the end because that's all people were sending agents and publishers. So... But, you know, the children's book market is quite literally exploding. It's, well, it's not expl- it's not literally exploding, obviously, metaphorically. But it's, um, they say, it's more and more popular. There's more books being published, which is positive if you're a children's author. And I suppose I count myself in that 
group, although the current book I've written really isn't, I didn't call it a children's book. Um, I think my, I suppose my problem with children's book is that there's just so many published now that they come and go and what, what's really so special between one and the other. So again, you're into that situation of, I, I don't get it. Sometimes I look at some books published and I think, I don't get it. But this book is, is all right. Children will read it and move. You know, they, will never, they won't really probably linger on it like they would a Roald Dahl or... I mean, I know David Williams has made it big. He's another one that's done it very quickly. God knows why. Oh, he's a good writer. I don't know whether he's a good... I don't think he's a good writer. He comes up with some interesting stories, but they're all the same. I must admit, I must enjoy his books more because we listen to them in the car. Audio books when he does the voice. He's great at that. That's what he does best. He's a comedian. <coughs> a performer. Um, so... We haven't just miffed because he's blocked me on Twitter. I don't know why, because I was quite complimentary on his books quite a few years ago. Anyway, I just think it's quite amusing that he's blocked me. Right, that's it then. We'll end on that, we'll end on blocking. Block me, I don't care. I'm going to keep carrying on doing what I do. Thank you for listening. Bye. been listening to the beachy books podcast presented by philip bell music by dan o'neill